Hey friends, welcome back to the Living Truth Podcast. Michael Carey here in the studio today with my beautiful wife, Kristen Carey. And we have two special guests with us, Thomas and Jessica. Uh, Today we're going to be talking a little bit about their story and how the groups Men in the Battle and Women in the Battle have impacted them. So Thomas and Jessica, you guys are here 13 years into your marriage, but there was a point at which that was not a given, that your marriage would just keep going and and be strong. And in May of 2020, the sexual secrets erupted in your marriage. Can you guys share what was going on inside of you when that blew up in May of 2020? First of all, I thought that that was the one thing that could never happen in our marriage. Um, I never expected it to. I never saw it coming. Um, So I was in complete shock. Um, I was also just feeling a lot of despair and that my marriage was over. Um, I didn't understand that there was hope and help out there for people like us. Um, And I was dealing with a lot of anger in the first few weeks that I didn't know how to deal with. Um, and I didn't know how to release it other than just journaling. So, um, I was just in a really alone, lonely spot because I didn't know that there were other people out there that could help me or walk through this with me or knew what I was going through. That's so scary. Yes. So terrifying and so lonely. Yeah. Thanks, Jessica. How about you, Thomas? What were you feeling when Jessica found out what was going on in your head? Yeah, I think there was, on one hand, like a sense of relief just because it was out in the open and I wasn't carrying it around anymore. And really, like, the heaviest part of it came out in the context of community. And it wasn't just the two of us and me telling her, this is what I've done, right? We were with people from church who had come because, you know, we had called and, and said, Hey, things are not going well. Can you come over? We're talking. And then, you know, the most of it, the worst of it came out in that context. So not only having it out, but like with people that we trusted the, the information, but, um, on the flip side of that, there also was just a lot of sadness, uh, to see the pain that I'd caused to my wife. Um, and just like, even now having like that vivid memory of the reaction and the response of that information coming out and her reaction to it and thinking through and remembering like how sad it was like to see how, what I had caused Mm -hmm. in her heart. Yeah. And how about shame? Was that Um, a big thing for you in the beginning or not quite? Yeah, I think there was a lot of shame and guilt that I didn't really understand was there at the beginning. Um, But I think that shame and guilt had been there the whole time, right? Just you're hiding it, you're hiding it, you're hiding it because you feel the shame and the guilt. And then what, so for me, I think when it came out, it was less of a... the shame and the guilt didn't seem any more heightened mm-hmm. with the fact that it was out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your unwanted sexual behavior was out, was out mm-hmm. there um, and exposed, and you were in the process of confessing it and so on. 
what do you think um, was the turning point in, in really seeking help to get out there and seek professional help and to, to get into a, a group, you know, that um, specializes in this area? What was that like? Yeah, I would say initially when everything came out and we started the process of healing and figuring out what was going to happen next, I knew that there was a need for getting involved with a group or other people. I think there was a lot of hesitancy, um, some fear. Yeah. Typical denial. I don't need this. I can just get through it on my own mm. kind of a thing. Um, right. But then I, you know, things kind of shifted for me personally, where I said, I want to get through this for myself and not just for my wife and for my marriage, but for my own personal growth and holiness and that kind of stuff after our, the polygraph, after I failed the polygraph the first time. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would say that was the turning point of I'm going to really get invested in the journey. That deepest low. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was like your bottom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. We call that rock bottom a lot of times, too. And it felt lower than rock bottom. Lower than the rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, um, I I know I tell guys um, in the beginning, a motive to save your marriage is is great and, you know, ride that. But to to get even deeper, like you said, and really uh, want to be a different person to really want to change and grow regardless of what happens with your marriage and your family. That, that really is, um, the bottom. That's the, that's, that's where most guys really dig in and really get the help that they need Mm -hmm. for sure. So what were you feeling at your first, uh, men in the battle meeting? So you went to men in the battle, which, um, for listeners that maybe are joining us for the first time is a group for men who, struggle or have struggled with unwanted sexual behavior. So you, you went to men in the battle for the first time. What was that experience like? Uh, I was definitely hesitant. And like I said, the, there was that typical denial of, do I really need this? Is this really going to be beneficial? What's really going to happen here? Am I going to see anything? Um, there was, probably under that a sense of fear of here are more people who are going to know what's been going on and they're people that I don't know. Uh, so now all these strangers are going to have to talk about everything that's been going on in front of all these strangers. Um, yeah. So I think that that was another component, that underlying fear of, um, being known to people who I don't know. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And so, Jessica, you uh, started going to Women in the Battle, which is for women who have experienced the betrayal, uh, finding out, you know, their husband's sexual secrets and so on. What was it like um, attending? What motivated you to go in the first place, actually? And then what was it like going to the first meeting? Yeah, um, I had called Kristen. I had gotten her number from um, a mutual friend and... um, I didn't know what to expect. I think I felt some shame and some fear. I think I carried some shame of 
this is what's happened in our marriage. This could never have happened to us. Um, Thomas was very involved in our church and ministry. And um, so I called Kristen and talked to her about what had happened. And she invited me to join um, a woman in the battle meeting. Um, And Kristen always says, it's the best place you never wanted to be. And there is so much truth to that. Um, It's never somewhere I wanted to be. Often on Tuesday nights when I was joining the meeting, I would think this is this is not fair. This is not how I want to spend my Tuesday nights. But on the flip side, it was unbelievably comforting. Um, and I didn't feel alone anymore being with those women. I felt like these are my people. I, this is my trench now. And these are my, um, people that I'm going to sit in this trench with and we're going to walk through this together. Um, and I just felt a lot of relief knowing that these women were walking through the same emotions and same trauma. And it was just like a light bulb too of that. I didn't know that this was a problem, that there are other men and women who are walking through this. And so I think that was just a lot of comfort in realizing that not that it's a common problem, but that like, we aren't the only ones and that there's so many more people. And at what point did you transition from, I don't want to be here Mm. to, oh my gosh, I can't miss this. I think the first week. Oh wow. I think that I had people in my life. I had friends. I had family who were with me from the beginning. Um, Our friends that were there the night that we that I found out they were walking through this with us. But there is nothing like having other women that understand that have been there, that have been there when their husbands have told them their deep, dark, horrible secrets. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to be able to talk to other women who are walking through the same trauma is, there's nothing that compares And I felt like I need these women in my life. I can't do this alone and I can't walk this journey by myself. Um, And there was the component of like, this is going to help me in my relationship with Christ too, to continue to walk with these women who are Christ followers and that are encouraging me in that journey also on, on, in the meetings. That's awesome. Thomas, at what point did you decide I want to be at men in the battle. Do you remember that transition? Um, I mean, I think there were a couple of different steps in that, like after probably the first few weeks and actually meeting the other people and not feeling like I was being forced to recount my entire history. Um, but them being open to like saying, I mean, I remember my first group leader was like, well, it probably isn't as bad as the stuff I did. And then like went through and talked cause he was so comfortable with it at that point, just talking about like what had gone on in his life and his marriage. Uh, I think that put me at ease. And I felt as I heard more of the other stories from other guys in the group, more at ease and, and at peace of like, oh, okay, this is going to be a good place for me to be at first. Uh, and just, you know, slowly grow into being part of the group more and more. Yeah. 
I also want to add that I think being with and seeing women that were the leaders in the group um, and women who had walked through this already and had come out on the other side, um, whether it was that their marriage recovered or that they got a divorce, I think there was that aspect of encouragement seeing that hey, someone else has made it through this journey. They didn't die. You know, they aren't depressed for the rest of their lives. God helped them walk through this and walk out of it. And um, there was hope there for that. And I think knowing that they were on the other side encouraged me to want to continue to come to meetings and be like, I can walk through this too. I can get through this and I am not alone. Mm. So you got the hope you needed to keep taking the next right step. Yes. That's amazing. Um, What do you guys beyond, so you've named several things you gained from your group experience. Um, What else did you gain? Um, You've gained, you gained hope um, and not being alone. There is just the power of the group, the community, right? And then there's also the curriculum and the things that we go through and are learning together um, that empower us to be able to move forward, even through the messiest and most complex of situations, both with the betrayal trauma and with finding freedom from unwanted sexual behavior and then a whole life beyond that. So what are some of the other benefits you've experienced from participating in your groups? For me, I would say probably, and I've alluded to this a little bit, the brotherhood of like, here are all these other guys who have struggled with different aspects of this and different like the behavior has come out in different ways. Um, but also we're all, um, on the journey together and we may not all be at the same place and we are all picking each other up when we stumble. Um, even, you know, if we've been in it for years and, you know, you have one step and you kind of stumble a little bit, you know, you've got these guys who can come alongside you and help you back up and help you process through what's going on. Um, And I think also, you know, having a place to talk about what was going on at different levels in my mind and in my heart and having the people to ask the questions to help you kind of pro like when you're not in the place that you can process all the way down to, well, what's the underlying emotion? Where's that coming from? What is triggering that and sparking that to, to start coming out? Um, having the people who can be the voice of reason or the sounding board in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And, and even in the group, like somebody will share something and it really resonates with me and I'm like, Oh yeah, I feel that too. Why, why do I feel that? And being able to work through, you know, peeling back the layers of that onion and understanding and getting to the root and the, the heart of the matter. Yeah. So it sounds like you, you've, got a sense of belonging and yeah. you felt like you were not alone anymore, but not just in your, not, not in the, the journey um, of battling with unwanted sexual behavior, but the, but, but life uh, the life journey, understanding your feelings, understanding what it is that you're, that you're really experiencing as a human being, which all human beings experience. Right. But right. we don't, you know, and I know from my own story too, as a man, um, we tend to not want to, Go there with other men because right. we're afraid. Or anywhere. Or, or, or <laughs> yes, exactly. Or with anyone, yeah. Or anyone, yeah. You know. So, but you know, in in the case of uh, 
in in some groups, social groups with men, you know, we're supposed to be this strong, macho, whatever, whatever image it is that we're trying to protect in the beginning. We don't have to bring that into a group like men in the battle. We can just be ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can allow ourselves to be ourselves. And sometimes we don't even know who that is in the beginning. Right. Oh yeah, (laughs) definitely. I think that was the same that, I mean, that describes exactly the experience that I had what you said about not knowing who you really are in the beginning. Um, but then finding out who you are through the process with other people who can affirm or, you know, pull you back from the edge of doing something really stupid or like believing things that are not necessarily good or true. Um, yeah, like it's having that in the context of community is necessary. Mm. How about you, Jessica? Um, well, besides gaining the wisdom and the truth from women who had been there and could um, speak truth into my life, um, I think first we talk a lot about the Emmanuel prayer approach. Um, and that for me was something I experienced early on in my journey with Kristen. And it really helped me from the beginning and has kept, you know, I, I even as applicable in my life right now, yeah. as Thomas and I are back together, um, is seeing, seeing Jesus in a place where I relate to him and that I experience him in my life and him being able to talk to me and speak to me, speak truth to me of help me to continue on in the journey to trust him. Mm-hmm. And even in the darkest, deepest places, I was able to use that to continue to hear his voice to help me to um, to push on and to trust that he was going to continue and there was going to be redemption in my story. So that has been huge for me. Um, like I talked about community, a place to process and talk through um, the various struggles. I mean, in the beginning, it was, how do I navigate this journey? Mm-hmm. And, you know, recently it's been like, these are things that pop into my head that I struggle with. Is anybody else dealing with that? And Like yes. triggers? Yes. Oh, yeah. lots of triggers um, that even carry on into my life now. Right. And, and we talk a lot in group about the fact that triggers are a normal thing after trauma, right? And how yes. to address them and handle them. Yes. And so... Um, just knowing that other women were experiencing those other triggers and that could they could speak truth to my life mm-hmm. and how to deal with them. Um, and just being able to learn techniques, grounding and stabilization for when I was dealing with triggers and trauma. I mean, most women we say have experienced PTSD in some way and I did. And so after the I never knew how to deal with that. I would be like talking about this with a friend in the beginning and feeling like I was going to pass out or I feel like I can't keep going. And Mm -hmm. so learning how to to ground myself, to work through those things. Um, and also detachment. We talk a lot about detachment in group and learning about detachment and how to detach from Thomas. Um, it's not, detachment is not forgetting about someone or pushing them to the side. It's, it's, um, allowing it's relinquishing control Mm -hmm. so that you can 
focus on yourself and your recovery. And it allowed me to not worry about what Thomas was thinking or what he was experiencing or where he was in the journey, but allowing myself to focus on me and my girls and to form a safety plan um, to move forward in this journey and to heal myself, even if that meant Thomas wasn't healing at that point. I was healing. Yeah, because for a while there, it was touch and go, and you weren't so sure that Thomas would make it, even though you guys both got help early on. Mm -hmm. This has been a tumultuous journey for you guys. Yes. And when I thought, when Thomas first did the polygraph and failed when I thought this is over, this isn't yeah. going to continue. I was able to use those detachment skills to focus on myself mm-hmm. and to not sit in despair, but to sit in hope. So that you could function as a mother. Yes. And function in caring for yourself. Yes. And yes. stay in that moment one day at a time. Yes. And you made it. Yes. You are making it. Yes. You continue <laughs> to have to use those skills. Yes. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. And that's a, that is a great segue to the next question in thinking about how, how did women in the battle, Jessica, impact your marriage? You talked mm-hmm. a little bit about detachment and, and how beneficial that was for you personally. Um, what else? And Emmanuel Prayer, what else is there that, that really impacted your marriage, do you think? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question because I feel like if it wasn't for women in the battle and men in the battle, I don't think we would be sitting here today. Mm. Um, I think it saved our marriage. Um, it helped us to walk back into life together. Um, it helped me to form a plan when I started seeing what Kristen and Michael after referred to his bow broken, open and willing when Thomas was, um, showing those things in his life finally mm-hmm. um in January of this year I was able to formulate a plan with um the advice and wisdom of my um friends and sisters and women in the battle to keep my kids safe to know that this was where I should be walking towards and healing my marriage um and to um not jump head first into coming back together. Mm. It was a slow process. Um, and I think women in the battle really helped me um, just to see the the good things in Thomas and to see the work he had done. I mean, when you see your husband changing from what you think is the worst of the worst to coming back to um, being healed and restored, it's easy to be like, okay, everything's better. We're just going to move on from here, but it's not that easy. I still am in women in the battle and I'm still working through things. And so that has really helped me to move forward in the process. Um, and just learning skills and Thomas and I checking in together to, you know, we need to be understanding where each of us are. Thomas will often ask me, are you, are you feeling triggered? Cause he'll, tell like oh I'm feeling a certain way or I'm acting a certain way am I triggered um how are you doing processing these things so so it sounds like he's attuning to you yes and what is going on for you yes Mm -hmm. and understanding and being sensitive to how I'm dealing with everything Mm. and how does that feel when he does that (laughs) it feels 
like I'm seen and I'm heard and that my emotions and my thoughts are valuable. I often tell people now that he is a better father and a better husband than he ever has been um, in our 13 years of marriage. And so I think that says a lot about men in the battle and the the um, things that he's worked on in the men in his life. And when he says to me, oh, I have a call with so-and-so on a Tuesday night or whatever, I'm so happy to hear that because I see him pouring back into men and I see him continuing to work on himself and um, it's so encouraging and so healing and just it shows how God has redeemed our story and our marriage. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. I mean, the transformation from January to July. Yes. What is that? Six months. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, I even think from what labor day weekend last year september of last year is that when you because that was your rock bottom yeah that was the polygraph mm -hmm. failed i mean for me like that was the turning point and that was when i said i don't want to i don't only want to do this for them i want to be careful where i'm like i don't want to do this for them um i don't only want to do this for my wife and my kids but i want to do it for myself um yeah i think that that turning point for me was the moment where I started to really dig into how do I develop these tools and be this person and learn to grow in this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And back to Jessica, one thing that you were saying that I really wanted to highlight too was um, the power of a group and how you can start to look and see what does it really look like when a guy is going to recover from this, you know, because reconciliation in a marriage, you know, needs to take place only in that case where he's really going to recover. Right. That's for, you know, that, that's a, that's a huge priority, but how do you know, what does it look like? And that could be, um, very difficult to manage on your own. Right. So do you think that that was pretty big as far as, I mean, you, you felt and you saw these things from Thomas, but then, was it echoed at Women in the Battle as well that, yeah, that's that's what it looks like? Yeah, and it was great to be able to take the things that I'm seeing and the conversations that Thomas and I was having and, and talk to women in my group and say, is this is this, is this mean this is hopeful or is this mean that he is recovering or is he putting on a show? And it was really um, just helpful to be able to have those women and those women continue to speak truth into my life. I've taken those friendships and some of those women, we go out to dinner every couple months and we talk about our marriages and where we're at. And, um, yeah. And so to be able to, um, come to group and say, my husband is, um, doing X, Y, and Z for me. I remember my girls and I came back from a trip and Thomas had, cleaned and detailed my car and he knew that's like my love language and before (laughs) before discovery day he would have not done anything like that and so those were just little things even besides you know his willing to be broken and open and humble and and willing um to do what i asked those little things i could just tell that god was stirring his heart that he was moving forward um and i think for Thomas to be able to part, be a part of the men in the battle and to 
um, like I'll speak to this end of him, like that he was able to identify those things in his life that caused him trauma and that for, you know, 12 years in our marriage, there were there were issues, but you can never identify them. You can never say, like, this is really what's going on because he wasn't able to say these are the traumas in my life or these are the things that are causing me pain and hurt or causing problems in our marriage. And so for me to see that he had um, worked through these and men in the battle and had done the hard work to identify these gave me hope to see like, oh, going forward now in the future, yeah, we still are going to have issues and we're going to have problems, but like there's so much healing. There's so much healing for him um, in those traumas and um, problems that he had experienced in his life. Yeah. So Thomas, yeah, I wanted to swing back to you and and um, see if you had some specific comments on how Men in the Battle impacted your marriage. Yeah, I think what Jessica was just saying about seeing the change um, and making the connection with past experience and current stress or triggers and then resulting behavior, I think men in the battle, like having the space to talk through and process those things and not have to internalize them and be able to ask other people who had been in this, the, that place, right? Like that was huge, not only for me, but also in the way I developed to be more in tune with our marriage and more, um, um, yeah, on the ball, I guess, would that be a good way of putting it right? Like just to be able to be more involved and attentive to what was going on in our marriage because I wasn't dealing with all of his own, all of my own stuff internally and the turmoil going on inside. That was, I had a place to process that so I could fully enter into what was going on in our marriage and how we needed to work through and process and move forward and take those steps. Um, And also just being able to, hear other people's experience and things that had happened in with their marriages that had been helpful and use that, like gaining a tool set of what would be helpful and what I need to start Mm -hmm. doing and all of those kinds of things and putting them in practice and having a place where I could say, Oh, this worked really well. This didn't work really very well at all. And, you know, having those other guys who would be able to, to, hold me accountable to that, those things also. Right. So it's not just like you're dealing with your own Mm -hmm. stuff. They're also there to talk about like, Hey, you know, you said last week you were going to do X, Y, Z for your wife. Like, did you do it? How did that go? Right. Like, so having that accountability also, not only for myself, but relationally with my wife Mm -hmm. was huge as well. Yeah. It sounds like both of you really just, um, capitalizing that it was so beneficial to have people that were, that farther down the road than you that have been through this and maybe are a year, two years, five years, even 10 years down Mm -hmm. the road. And what does it look like? You know, what does that look like down the road? What does it look, what does a marriage look like? What, what, what does it take to get there? You know, what are the steps to get there, uh, to put your, you know, place your feet in, in where other, other men and women, have have walked you, you you just need to walk in their shoes you need to walk their path and mm-hmm. you can be successful as well yeah i wanted to add also that um 
women in the battle gave me the tools I needed to speak for myself, especially um, in the beginning, you know, making my life safe for me and my children in the sense of like, I didn't trust Thomas anymore. But then on the flip side of walking back into our marriage, I was able to have the confidence then in myself that I had never had in our marriage before to say, okay, if we're going to get back together, this is what I need. And I asked Thomas for things like, I want you to write me a letter of why you want to be back in our marriage. And like, what do you want and why do you want to be a husband to me and a father to our kids again? Um, and being able to have those tools and those confidence, um, was something that only women in the battle could have given me because I didn't have that before. And I didn't know how to speak up for myself. Mm. So would you say that before the trauma of the betrayal, did you know how to speak up for yourself and advocate for yourself? For some women, they know how to do that, and then they have the betrayal hit, and it rips away their sense of safety and security, and it it disempowers them from being able to know what they need and to use their voice. Do you feel like you were able to advocate for yourself before, and it was just taken away by the trauma, or do you feel like this has just given you a whole new level of ability to have authority appropriate authority over here's what I'm feeling here's what I need and advocating for yourself to get that yeah I feel like I had never had the uh, the appropriate authority or the appropriate confidence to speak up for myself and say what I needed um before discovery day there were things happening in our home that um I didn't know how to tell Thomas, please stop doing that, or I don't feel safe, or I don't like that, because I think there was a lot of fear, like, what if you pop that bubble Mm. of something is wrong, but you don't know what, and you're going to say, speak up and say, I don't like this, things are not going well, or you're not doing something appropriate, and so to be able to gain the confidence, even in the stage in Women in the Battle where you talk about safety, just being able to say, like, this is what I need. I remember coming to Thomas in the beginning and saying, like, you can see the girls on these days, X, Y, Z, and you will, these are the things I'm asking you to do in the home. Just being able to finally have that confidence to say, this is what I want and this is what I need. Um, To feel safe. To feel safe, yeah. And, um, and then on the like I said on the flip side, this is what I need when we were getting back together. And even now in our marriage, to say like I'm feeling triggered, I need time alone to go process some stuff, or you know I'm feeling stressed out as a mother, I need to go you know have time away. That has really given a lot of um, hope and healing and just understanding in our marriage mm-hmm. to be able to speak those needs. That is awesome. Um, You guys, as you know, because you both felt, "Eh, I don't, I don't really want to do this. Like your secrets, the secrets came out, the sexual secrets in your marriage. You're confronted with the fact that you're in a crisis and you need help, right? And you have all different possibilities of things you could do to get help, right? You could read books, you could listen to podcasts, you could uh, go to therapy, you could talk to friends, you could try this group out that you hear about, right? And you you pick 
multiple things on that list, yeah. right, to yeah. do. But specifically looking at the group aspect. And mm -hmm. for most people, I think most people would say initially they are super resistant to the idea of joining a group, right? Yes. And you guys felt that. So for the people who are listening to this that are going through betrayal, and maybe they're trying all the things, mm -hmm. the podcasts, well, they're listening to this, so clearly <laughs> they're doing podcasts, right? Um, the books, the YouTube videos, the um, talking to a therapist, yada, yada, yada. What would you say to them about taking the plunge to consider joining a betrayal trauma recovery group if they're a woman dealing with sexual betrayal or a group for men with unwanted sexual behavior like men in the battle? I'd love for you guys, whichever one of you wants to start first, what would you say, you could pretend you're talking to past Thomas or past <laughs> Jessica, like you're, you're sitting down with past Thomas. There are a lot of things eye. I would say to past Thomas right? that yes. you might need to have edited off of the podcast. Would... <laughs> or you're going to have to add that E on there. E, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so right. What, what would you say to Thomas about your, his reticence to join a group and from your perspective over a mm. year later. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing we we've touched on a little bit is like you you just you can't do this in isolation. Yeah. And it can't just be you and a therapist or you'll only get through part of it um and not necessarily all of it because having that community of other men who have been in your shoes or are still in your shoes in a lot of ways um, is hugely helpful uh, because you have people who you're in a safe space. You can press into one another and ask questions in a way that's not, you don't feel threatened because you don't feel like someone's coming after you as much uh, as you might after uh or like outside of that that group setting because you know like we're all we're all here together yeah. same mess upness as each other um yeah so i think that that group component and not being able to do it in isolation uh is is huge plus the you know i feel like the the structure of men in the battle with the curriculum uh and the group lends itself toward doing a really good job of taking someone who is in crisis in the sense of, I realize I need to get this junk out of my life, uh, and walking through a well-structured process, which I just and appreciate well-structured processes anyway, <laughs> um, to like, right. Like it, it's like having the roadmap. You're not mm, walking mm, blind. Mm. And going, well, is this going to work? Is this going to work? Am I going to fall into a pit? Am I not? Right. right? Like there's, you Powerful. have someone who's been there before leading you through on this journey and these other people. Uh, and you know, you have a good idea of like, if you commit yourself to doing, to going through it and, and getting involved, really getting involved and not just like doing it, um, you know, you'll see the change come through. So I mean, I can say it's true for me. I can say it's true for other people in the groups that I've been part of at different times. Like you'll see those moments of like, oh, there you go. Like, hey, dude, this was a breakthrough. Let's keep going. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to 
uh, bounce off of two words that Thomas mentioned is isolation and roadmap. Yeah. Um, you can, you can do the podcasts. I did the podcast. You can watch the YouTube videos. You can get a therapist. Those are all great things, but those are all almost in isolation. Um, it is just you and the therapist. It is just you watching the YouTube videos, um, to be able to, um, sit with other women on an evening and talk about, um, where you're at in your journey, um, for them to know. I think that that's just such a huge thing. Like I had, I had really great friends that were walking through this journey with me. I had my family walking through this journey, but unless you have walked in these shoes and have walked in this side of you have been sexually betrayed, there are no words. There are just no words. You're, you cannot speak to someone's life in when they're walking through sexual betrayal unless you've been through it also. And Kristen and Michael would always say, you know, please find a therapist who has training in sexual addiction um, because they don't know and they sometimes they give bad advice. And so being able to be with women who um, will pray with you, will care for you, will speak wisdom and truth to your life. Um, there's just nothing like it. And like Thomas said, having the curriculum, I didn't know where to go. I didn't. You're so traumatized and lost at the beginning that you don't know how to you know, forge ahead. You don't see the the roadmap. There are no open paths in this wooded forest. Um, and so when you walk in to a group of women in the battle and you see this curriculum laid out before you and how to walk from trying to stabilize yourself and have safety to um, processing grief and um, just being able to walk through a manual prayer and all those things that I've mentioned, being able to have that roadmap of in front of you is makes your life and your journey so much easier and so much easier to process through. Mm. That is amazing. So if somebody was listening and they were like, eh, don't know if I, if I should do this or not. Oh, it costs money. Like, Oh, oh it's, yeah. you know, it's going to be time. What did you, what would you say to them? Yeah, I would say there are many areas in your life you could sacrifice financially to do women in the battle. It's Thomas and I haven't been in therapy for a while because we're doing men and women in the battle. That's our investment. It is an investment into your life. Um, it's easy to drop five bucks at Starbucks. It's easy to, um, you know, pay for TV subscriptions, but those are all things that you can sacrifice um, to to join women and men in the battle. Um, just like you would pay to go to a therapist or, you know, pay to, um, I don't know, pay to, to get help for other things in your life. This is the same thing. It's you're paying to put forth the investment and healing. Um, and if that's a hindrance to you, there are many women who are willing to help mm-hmm. to um, have a generous scholarship yes, fund for women. Yeah. And that's been a help to me. Even um, we went through the hardship of Thomas losing his job in the midst of all this. And I was able to get help with that. So, um, like I said, it's worth the investment and it's worth the time. Um, it's 
you know, on two, I met with my women on Wednesday nights for an hour and a half and Thomas put the girls to bed and it is the best, one of the best hour and a half, um, slot of my week, you know, that I, um, find joy and healing even now that my marriage is healed. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add Thomas before we close out? Yeah, I think piggybacking on what Jessica said about we all have time, we all have money, we all have uh and if you don't like have the actual money, I'm sure you have people around you who would be willing to yeah. help. Um not only from the scholarship but just like church church family mm-hmm. as they understand like what's going on and you know willing to help you through this um yeah it's it is it's an investment mm-hmm. and um we can all choose to spend our time and money somewhere mm-hmm. and i would say you know for a year or a year and a half or two years this is a good place to spend the money because you've got the opportunity to really dig in and really work through a lot of stuff in a group in a short amount of time shorter amount of time than what you may do on your own oh yeah and there's really no price tag on getting your life back no you don't (laughs) want to be you don't want to be two years ahead in this journey and think man i am still lost two years in and I still have no healing and that would have been a great investment and you could be farther in your journey to have that investment. Yeah. So it's well worth it. Then. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. For definitely. sure. Guys, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, your story is powerful. You're brave for stepping forward and telling it. I think that this is going to help so many people. Uh, the Men in the Battle and Women in the Battle groups open up in August and February um, for the semesters. We'll put more information on exact dates when uh, groups are going to open up in the description here. So thanks for joining us today. 